What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 81. The NBA playoffs are finally here. This is our NBA playoff preview. This podcast is brought to you by SorrySports.com. As always, if you haven't gotten a chance, check out the website, SorrySports.com, and read Sean's four most recent articles talking about the NBA, the MLB, NCAA basketball, and the NFL. So he pretty much went around all our major sports there except for NCAA football, which everybody knows I don't care about. All right, so we jumped right in today, and we talked about the th- our three biggest stories from the NBA regular season each. After that, we did some awards, and then we went up and down the Eastern and Western Conference, eventually on to the NBA Finals, finally crowning an NBA champion. You guys can probably guess who Sean went with. Bet you can't guess who I went with. Unless you're a listener, then you probably can. But enjoy this one. We'll be back on Monday. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports, on Instagram, sorry underscore sports. If you have anything to say or you want to write an article for the website, our email is sorry sports at yahoo.com. And as always, check out the website, sorry sports.com. Enjoy the pod. everybody welcome back to the sorry to interrupt podcast this is the nba playoff preview podcast on the day that it starts we finally made it my man we're here we're ready for a fun postseason how are you it's been a rough last uh 20 games dude i feel like this was the longest regular season in recent memory yeah but i'm doing all right let's uh let's jump right in i think we should so before we talk about playoffs why don't we talk about how the regular season ended real quick. Awesome send off for Wade and Nowitzki. Uh, Nowitzki got a great send off in uh, San Antonio and, um, and Wade in Brooklyn with LeBron, Chris Paul and just say the Mello there. Crew. It was just the banana, banana boat crew. Yeah. So um, it was a pretty cool moment. He got the triple double taking 28 shots, which is what all those guys should be doing in their final games. You know, Kobe kind of set the bar a couple Especially years ago. Especially when you don't make the playoffs. Exactly. Not fighting for anything. Enjoy it. Let the fans see you one final time. So that was fun. Uh, congrats to those guys on great careers. Um, so this season, obviously, there was a shit ton of storylines. Some compelling ones. And at points in the NBA season when we're kind of searching for content and stories and what are we going to talk about, you know, in a mid-December they day? They kept us busy. They kept us busy for sure, man. So in a very busy regular season, why don't you give me a rundown of your top three storylines from this season? All right, so we'll go from three to one. Yeah, so that sounds you, good. That, that makes sense. So my number three story is the mellow never being heard from again. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Isn't it crazy? I can't believe he never got another job. I mean, the yeah. whole Rocket situation was weird. How how far into the season did they cut him loose? Wasn't it in like December? Or, it was like or November. Tw- it was like less than fifteen games in. Um, and then just the fact of how quickly the league passed him by is just incredible. Because if you think two years ago he was starting for the Knicks and all that, uh, I mean. I just it's crazy that no team could find a role for him anywhere. Like do you think 
he would have found minutes on Sacramento. I mean, at some point, Houston probably could have used him when they were starting players that we've never heard of before. Now, do you think it was that, or do you think it was teams did have role for him and he's still just not willing to accept being a, a bench player? I think at the beginning it was that, and then it just got to the point where he was probably willing to accept it as opposed to not playing at all and not having a send-off. And by that time, teams were just over it and there was no more calls coming in. So I think the initial um, start of him, you know, yeah, they had an interview last year with Oklahoma City laughing that he wasn't going to start. And I think that carried over through Houston this year. But I think probably by, by you know, the all-star game, he was probably willing to do whatever to be on a team, but at that point, well, I made my calls. push for the Nets to sign him. Remember when they were going through their injuries? Just a guy who could, you know, get get hot off the bench for you know six seven minutes in a game. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, that was yeah. That that's a good that's a good one. So what's your number three? My number three is probably the KD Draymond fight versus the Clippers. So obviously I was that was that, one out, th- so that I'm was glad you brought it up. yeah that was very early on, and I think that that kind of set the tone for what this season was. I mean, obviously. We've been hearing whispers about KD being almost a foregone conclusion that not only A, is he leaving, but B, he's going to the Knicks. And, you know, this season was starting off where the Warriors weren't playing their best basketball, at least not the kind of basketball we've been accustomed to seeing them play. And I think there was a lot of tension in the locker room um, because guys like Draymond, who've been in Golden State for all this time and built that championship pedigree even before Durant got there, we're kind of knowing that there's these whispers that Durant's got one foot out the door already, right? So that spills over to on the court, and they're cursing at each other and going onto the bench and then the locker room, and you had this whole fight. And that, to me, was a big story because I think it signaled, okay, we know this is the beginning of the end, but we're here to scorch earth. You know, let's not worry about what's going to happen at the end of the season. We're heading into next year. Let's just... We're both here now. We've got a great team. We're ready to we're ready to win it again. And I think now that they they put that behind them and we're just able to start playing basketball, obviously they ascended back to the number 1 team in the league that talent-wise they should be and I thought that that was just an interesting way to get it out of the way, but it happening on the court, spilling into the bench and just the whole saga behind it. Uh, I thought that was a pretty compelling storyline particularly early when there's a lot in the in the league to still be discovered absolutely and uh the warriors are still the one seeds yes so they are clearly they figured it out uh moving on to my number two i'm gonna take the jimmy butler saga nice um he's done this oh, now he's done this now three times he did it with the bulls when they didn't trade him he did it again with the bulls and they traded him on draft day to minnesota um and then he did it a third time in minnesota and that one was by far the craziest fighting his teammates um, just being a complete asshole at practice. Supposedly, the legend has it that he took over with all the bench players and beat the shit out of all the starters. Not really surprised. Andrew Wiggins is kind of soft. Towns is kind of kind a of. passive guy. Um, and then all through finding his way to Philly, that hasn't been um, a perfect marriage by any means. But, <laughs> I mean, what are they, the three seeds? So Yeah. It seems like they've kind of figured it out, but that whole, uh, it just makes me scratch my head. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I mean, that, that certainly is up on the list, and I think it was just as interesting the fact that not only was he doing everything to get traded, but just, of course, who acquired him. I think Philly putting him in that whole cauldron with Embiid and Simmons, it was just... 
I thought that was just too perfect. No chance Philly re-signs him, in my opinion. They're going to go for Tobias Harris. Totally agree. I don't know where Jimmy Butler is going to end up next year. Why don't you give me your number two, buddy? The number two for me are the Nets and Clippers making the playoffs. And it's not a homer pick. I was going to say, is that a homer pick? It's not. I mean, obviously, I picked them to be the eight seed when we did our preview, and I admitted that that was more of a fanboy pick. And just looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference, like I think they could have sneaked in. But let's just take both of them in their individual cases, right? They're they're both the B team in the city that they're that they play in. And one team had the Nets no had, assets. The, the Nets, being the Nets, yeah, the Nets and the had, other team gave up all their assets. Exactly. The Nets had nothing and turned D'Angelo Russell into an all-star this year. They had the Karis LeVert injury early that looked like it was just going to derail them for the entire season. They got really good contributions up and down, and they found their way to be a sixth seed. Where now, you know, when we talk about the playoff bracket, there's people that are picking them to be, you know, the hot pick for the upset. Uh, in round one and then going over to the West Coast the Clippers like you said man I mean they traded away everything they did literally everything that they possibly could to tank and the fact that this team is the eight seed and yeah they're maybe they win a game or so against the Warriors I could see them stealing like a game three in Staples or something like that but Doc Rivers definitely gets consideration for coach of the year you've got Jerry West there as a consultant obviously based off his pedigree building championship teams and then you've got the best owner, in my opinion, right now in the league with Steve Ballmer, who's you know the super fan, but also has more money than God himself. And I think that they've just built a culture out there that's so appealing. I, I, I would argue that they're the most appealing of all the free agent destinations, just simply when you put it all together. So the fact that two teams that were not just projected to be to miss the playoffs, but be awful find themselves in the playoffs uh, I thought was a really good storyline because we talk about it every year right and you could I guess throw the Kings in there too I mean the Kings didn't make it but they were much better than people thought they were going to be and I think in an NBA season where it's been so chalky as of late where you know okay we know who's going to be there and then we know who's going to win these series and we know who's going to be in the championship it can get kind of dull and boring so to see a couple teams that are new and fresh into the into the playoff picture that are easy to root for and you like the, their style of play, I thought was a pretty cool storyline on both sides of the of the country. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I think both coaches, um, what's his name in Brooklyn, Kenny Atkinson, Atkinson yeah. as well as Doc Rivers, should get a look for Coach of the Year. Not going to win it, in my opinion. We'll go over awards later, but let's move on to number one, and I think we can both agree on number one. So this is a three-tier story, in my opinion. I would think you would agree with me on that as well. So you have the basically the Los Angeles Lakers shit show. So you have LeBron as one tier, missing the playoffs, um, kind of giving up on this year from the jump, kind of just working for the Lakers, but he seems to be out there for Space Jam 2. You have Magic Johnson. We talked about that on Wednesday. I mean... There's still more things to dissect about that. That was just completely absurd. And then the third thing is you have the Anthony Davis fuck-up from both sides, Anthony Davis's camp as well as the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis basically giving up a year of his prime in his career, his his 25-year-old season. Haven't seen anything like it. Um, And these things can go quick. I mean, you look at Dwayne Wade, and, I mean, you know the guy got banged up and was kind of a – kind of played with his hair on fire and was going to the basket. But if I told you he was retiring 
in his whatever season. Or you look at a guy like Chris Bosh, who unfortunately had the blood clots and all that stuff. And I mean, there's guys up and down the league where it goes by fast and you're going to give up a year of basically your prime. You're probably the most talented player in the league. Not to mention, I don't know if you saw this, but in the last game, he wore a T-shirt that said, oh that's my God. all, folks. What an idiot. And then was trying to defend it like I don't pick out my own clothes. Like, I'm sorry. What? Who picks out your clothes? Your mom? Because my mom stopped doing that last year. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, I, you're an adult. You are gr- You know this doesn't look good. I mean, I, yeah, you're, how, you you're 25 either, years old or whatever. You're like, either trying to send a message or you are the most tone-deaf human being I've ever seen. Yeah. And could you imagine if their offers are on the table and none of them are good enough for the new GM in in um in New Orleans and he just stays? Like, no, they the have fuck? to they have to trade him. I know they have to trade him, but could you imagine that? Like, that's completely broken in the relationship. But let's break it down from tier one, two, and three. So LeBron, um. Gives up on the season, and I understand maybe the groin injury is real. There was a doctor saying that he should have sat out the entire year. I mean, he's got a lot of miles on him. He's been to the NBA Finals for the last, like, eight years, I believe. Literally eight consecutive years. So that's like playing almost another season on top of the season. Yeah, that's two more months. Yeah. Um, But aside from that, I mean, the last, like, 15 games, especially when uh, Caruso had that dunk or Caruso went off for 30-plus, uh, LeBron seemed excited on the bench, but then for him not to have a press conference, go to D Wade's game instead, or just look like he's completely checked out in the last few games that he was playing, not to mention the press conferences he's given and just the way he's acted. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. Like, I get it that you're trying to look forward to after your career and be a business mogul and follow in Magic's footsteps and, and other guys that have made a lot of money. But you're supposed to be the second greatest player of all time. Why don't you worry about that when you retire? And that's my thing is when you say LeBron's going to be on the Lakers and there's no doubt about it, I just don't know because I feel like this guy in the offseason is going to realize, like, this team has nothing. They're in complete rebuild, and I need to get back to my legacy, which supposedly was the most important thing to him. Well, he's in too deep now, and the reason I said he's not going to leave is because, listen, He's done and accomplished everything that he's wanted to on the basketball court. And as I stated on Wednesday, I think it's important to him to win. I don't think he wants to be on a laughing stock team, which is why the Lakers, regardless of what, even if it, even if Jimmy Butler is their acquisition, I was going to say you're going to see a Lakers roster with probably Boogie Cousins and Jimmy Butler next year, and that's not going to cut it. There, yeah, exactly. And but that's they have they have to show that they're still trying to win. But LeBron, his business endeavors, I mean, they're they are in L.A. That's why he's there. If he was going simply for basketball, the Lakers were not where he was going to go last summer. The Lakers can feed everything else, and you knew he wasn't going to go to the B team in town, the Clippers. So I think it is, uh, unless the Lakers go to him and say, hey, listen, we're going to try to trade you. Remember, he doesn't have a no-trade clause. So we're going to trade you. We, we understand this didn't work out. I could see him getting some kind of stake in in ownership at some point down the line, whether he wants to be with the Cavs or the Lakers or stay out now. I don't know. But I could see the Lakers pursuing it and just, especially if things don't work out this offseason. This offseason's make or break for me. Uh, and, and for LeBron and, the Laker, and his entire Lakers tenure, he still has three years left there. Um, I could see them going and approaching him and saying, hey, listen, like this is just not going to work. We're, we're going to trade you. Where do you want to go? Um, because we, we have to hit the reset button. And then it's going to be up to him to say, you know what? 
don't trade me. I'm I'm willing to to suck it up and and stick it out and just play here because this is where I want to be. Or he acknowledges to your point, you know what, my legacy on the court is still very much open for discussion, and I need to go anywhere else. Yeah, um, I just don't know. I mean, I don't think honestly the over under I put on a title is probably. Point five. Yeah, I think maybe he gets one more if if the circumstances go well. That's only if he gets the hell out of L.A. Um, because I, I just don't see a way of him winning again. And I mean, he's had so many different storylines of his career. I mean, back in when he was first in Cleveland, everybody wants to play with LeBron. He gets every, he makes everybody better. Then he goes to Miami with the other two stars, and they're the villains. They're the biggest team in the NBA. Everybody wants to beat him. Then he goes back to Cleveland. It's kind of a storybook thing. But also towards the end of Cleveland, or even in the beginning because of the Wiggins trade, oh, LeBron's running this team. Oh, LeBron mm-hmm. gets to do everything. And that's kind of carried on throughout the Lakers, as you can see, with the, as much as he tries to distance himself. But, I mean, Maverick Carter's your boy. He's your best friend. Yeah, of course. So, And he's the one giving Anthony Davis all these tips. He's the one Paul picking too. out Anthony Davis's clothes. Yeah. I mean, so, that's all, folks. That's all, folks. So, what's your second pronged from that? You mentioned there was three. So you've got LeBron one. What's two? Is it magic? magic. Yeah. yeah, magic. I mean, I'm just still mind blown at the fact that you can go into a meeting earlier in the day with your boss and front like you're going to be there for the next five years, going over future plans of this business that you're running, basically, or this team, whatever you want to call it, and then what six hours later i would say i don't know less than a day later you just go that up to night. some yeah you just go up to some media members after a game and say i'm out you don't even you genie bus is your sister but that he just did the whole organization dirty and it was a disservice to everyone including himself and i mean if you're gonna quit just tell her well, it's just terrible. And they fired Luke Walton. Yep. So, so why don't we why don't we talk about real fast uh, about Magic before this whole fiasco and just from the beginning of the season and how he constructed this team. I mean, we were questioning it. We came on this podcast in July after LeBron and we were seeing the supporting cast and and obviously the mission statement was there. Sign a bunch of role player kind of guys who have had success in this league to varying degrees. Sign them into one-year deals, easy contracts, so that you can clear so, cap space for this coming summer. So let's go back even earlier. You basically trade D'Angelo Russell for this illustrious cap space. Then you give it to KCP. That one is a head-scratcher right there. D'Angelo Russell's 19 years old when he commits the crime, I guess you would call it, against, um, what is his name? Nick, Nick Swaggy Young. P. Young. Yeah. Who, by the way, D'Angelo Russell made the all-star team this year. What's Nick Young? Has Nick Young ever yeah, made an pick, all-star they team? Yeah, they picked Nick Young doing? over D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, he went out and got a, a ring in Golden State, but he didn't do anything for the Lakers. He wasn't there very long. So first you do that. You trade a second overall pick for cap space to get rid of Timothy Mozgov, who the Knicks are doing that shit too. I hope it works out better for them, but I never want to hear any team doing that, so I'm still not happy about the... Uh, KP trade. I mean, the rape thing's pretty bad, though. Let's, not let's, good. No, not good at all. Um, then moving forward, instead of re-upping guys like Julius Randle, who's another lottery pick, I believe, what was he, the, I third, think overall he was the third overall pick? the third overall, yeah. 
Um, and he looks like a young stud out there. He might make an all-star team, but he'll definitely be a rotational player. Instead, you give his money to guys like Rondo, JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee um, Michael, Beasley. Michael Beasley, who barely had a cup of coffee with the team. Um, and so those are your free agent decisions to get tougher. Then you trade Ivan Zubac to the, to the Clippers across the hall for literally nothing, a bag of basketballs, no offense to the guy that they traded him for. Um, and then in between the, the free agency and the Zubac, you've completely How about this? butchered he didn't the even get Anthony a, Davis deal. He didn't even get a meeting with Paul George. Meeting with Paul, no meeting with Paul George. Um, and there was no signs of a meeting with any free agents at all whatsoever. No, and, and like I said, LeBron going there was not no, no. a pure basketball decision and magic I don't if magic, magic Johnson had was, nothing to do with that if magic Johnson was still just chilling as a Dodgers owner and never had anything to do with the Lakers again I think LeBron still would have gone there um so yeah it was just and butchering completely that Anthony Davis thing not to mention aside from drafting Kyle Kuzma which I don't even know if he was there when they did draft Kyle Kuzma fucking up the draft that was completely. his first draft so I, that was I mean, the Lonzo Ball, Kyle can, Kuzma draft. I can't name one thing good. At least you can hang your hat, and we're going to go back to the Phil Jackson, Magic Johnson thing. I don't want to give Phil too much credit because KP fell to him, but at the very least you can say that he drafted KP. Right. What can you say about Magic that was good? No, nothing. And Literally. Yeah, nothing. Um, I think the, other, the last component, too, is you've seen, I, I don't know how they didn't fire Luke Walton going through the season. I think Magic clearly didn't want to be a guy that was making personnel decisions. Um, but what doesn't make sense Guy was sense a dead man walking. You want to fire Luke Walton, and then right after you quit, they fire him anyways. So clearly that wasn't why you quit. No, you no, no, no. Be that there. situation Period. just was not going to work itself out, and it seemed like he just didn't have the appetite to do the, to do the job description of president of basketball ops. So, yeah, that whole situation is crazy. Just to... to put a bow on it i do agree with you it's the lakers number one and i don't think it's close and for all the different you know subsections that you, that you referenced but i'm going to go over to the eastern conference and talk about a storyline that was just as compelling to me and that's the boston celtics and kyrie irving's complete mood swings that have i won't say crippled but i'll say have negatively impacted the celtics this year this team is probably the deepest and most talented team in the conference still and you know Giannis is probably going to win MVP and the Bucks are really good you've had the Raptors especially with the acquisition of Kawhi mixed with Gasol and the emergence of Pascal Siakam and of course you've got Lowry and Van Fleet and the rest but that Boston Celtic team I mean when you have Kyrie you got to remember Kyrie despite all the nonsense this year had his career high in assists points and rebounds like oh, not to mention, if you look at all the deeper analytics, his most efficient year. Yeah, this he was, was one of the clutchest players yeah, in the league. This was his best year, um, but nobody's going to remember that. Everybody's going to talk about how toxic he was, and you know, trying to be a leader, realizing he wasn't leading the right way, calling out, you know, calling LeBron James, reaching out to him and saying, "Hey, I'm so sorry, I was, you know, this pissant young kid when you were just trying to lead the team." Basically, referencing that that's what the rest of his supporting cast are. You know, you've got the um, You've got the Hayward situation where, okay, is how do we get him back to being a, a key part of this rotation and, you know, trying to feed him the ball. And, and they've just been so 
amazingly underwhelming this year where, you know, one one week it's, okay, Kyrie's staying. He's going to carve out a legacy in Boston too. Not only is he, may he not stay, but it looks like he's already got that foot out the door. You know, he's he's going to the Knicks. He's going anywhere. He's out I actually of Boston. Think, I think there's a better chance Kyrie stays in Boston than KD stays in Golden State. I agree. I think that there's, and but I do think that this postseason is going to dictate it. I yep. think that, you know, if they're a first round exit or even a second oh, round exit, he's, he's completely gone. But I just thought that, you know, the toxicity of that situation in Boston stirred up directly by Kyrie Irving was just as interesting of a story because watching them this year, I just couldn't believe how bad they've looked at times. And you look at the talent on the floor, you know, Tatum in his second year didn't get off to a very good start. Brown didn't have a good year at all. No, Major step back. Brown, Brown in his first, I mean, Brown's been playing better lately, but the first half of the season, it really up until the all-star break, the guy was a shell of himself. So I, I think that obviously the Lakers trump everything as far as negative storylines and just wow. Oh, but they, they really. But the, the Celtics, Celtics should send them a thank you basket the of Celtics, flowers or something. They should. They've they been dysfunctional as all hell. Yeah. They've been dysfunctional as all hell. So awesome, awesome, riveting soap opera of a season. You know that's what, that's the, what NBA the NBA does. Now, yep. And um, let's move on to some awards. I can't wait for the off season, but we got to talk about the postseason first. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we, do, we do have two months of that. All right, let's talk about some awards. So first award we're going to go with is six man of the year. Who is your six man of the year? Oh, I got to go with Lou Williams. Absolutely. Lou Williams with the Clippers is the driving force of why that team is a postseason team. Yeah, he he could be a starter anywhere. And not usually most six men of the year could be. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Um, rookie of the year. Who do you like in this one? Luka Doncic, not even close. Trey Young had way too bad of a start. Yeah, it's Luca because not only did Luca have Bagley a great, he was making some noise before he got hurt. Not only did Luca have a great year, Luca is as far as trade value is concerned. I don't think there's anybody that you would trade for him, with the exception of maybe two guys, Harden and Giannis. Yeah, that's Congrats exactly it. it. Absolutely, maybe Durant. Maybe Durant. No, because you got to take into account all the all the contracts and stuff. I no, mean, no, he, okay. Because I'm not. I'm just talking player for player. Player for player, there's probably. Five guys I would yeah. trade for him, but if you take into account this is the gonna, league, but this guy's going to be a continual MVP candidate for the next fifteen years. I think he wins at least two MVPs, and he's probably a ten-time first-team All NBA. Yeah, I could easily see that. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Most improved player of the year. This should be quick. D'Angelo Russell. Ooh, that's. Yeah, I, I want to say my man D'Lo because obviously he turned into an All Star, and how could you not? But just to just to switch it up a little bit because we've agreed. In complete what are you going to say, Giannis? No, 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 no. I'm going to go with Siakam. Okay. I, I think Pascal Siakam for Toronto, he's the reason why they're the number two seed. Obviously, you've got Kawhi. You've got Kawhi a really good supporting games, cast. Though. Exactly. You know? And and what Siakam has turned himself into, he's only been playing basketball for like five years. He came over from Cameroon, uh, played that one year in college. Forget I forget uh, where he went. I want to say it was like New Mexico State or something. No idea. Um, but I should know. You should. But uh, you're, you're the guy for those things. But, um, you know, the evolution, you know, he can now shoot the three. He's one of the most athletic and seemingly has the best. Good call, Shawnee boy. He yeah. went there for two years, actually. Nice. So look at me. But I just think the way that he's turned himself into this budding star, I think he's the difference between why the Raptors are two seed, especially with Kawhi missing a lot of those games for quote-unquote rest, and 
why they're not like the four or five. So okay, I, good call. I love D'Angelo Russell, and, and and I would normally agree, but just to just to switch things up, I'm going to go with Siakam. I'm going for I'm going with D'Angelo Russell just because of the storyline with the Lakers. We already mentioned all that. But also this season, he went from a guy who was still looking like he was trying to figure out to pulling the team out of the hole when Levert got hurt. Yeah, and for sure. And kind of saving that team's season. Oh, not he did to, save Not the to the extent of what Harden did this year. Um, no, it was Harden light. It was very hard and light, but it was still an incredible season, all-star season, and he's very efficient as a player. For a guy that doesn't get to the line a lot, which I think is going to be his next step, he was incredibly efficient. Three-point shooting Do the Nets max him out or no? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. If they don't, the Knicks should snatch him up in a heartbeat. I would take him over Kyrie and Kemba Walker. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Just because of his age. What is he, 23? Yeah, he's 23. And he's only going to get better. He's a great passer. Defense he'll figure out. Although defense, I mean, come on. Harden's not the world's best defender, although he's averaging two steals. He's gotten better. a better year. Yeah, I think he got tired of everybody's shit talking his defense. I Good good for him. All right, let's move on to the next one we have, which is coach of the year. So I'll give you my top three. I have Doc Rivers at three, Kenny Atkinson at two, and Bud, Coach Bud, out there in Milwaukee, number one. Yeah. I mean, he completely changed that team. We said it all last year. If they only had a good coach, look what they did this year. Yeah, They're the number one team in the NBA, and they really didn't have much roster change. No, Budenholzer, to me, is by far number one because you saw what exactly what you just said. The 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 difference in how that team has operated. Now they did bring in a Brook Lopez and Eric Bledsoe had by far the best year of his career. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it's not like that's they coaching. brought in that's a, um, t- no, that's, superstars. No, no. And, and Giannis brought his game to an even better level, which we were wondering, was that even possible? So, I mean, this is one of the best years because to me, Giannis is also my defensive player of the year. That's how good yep, he was. Absolutely. So that's, yeah, Budenholzer to me, just because of where that team is, Obviously, Atkinson, the next three guys, I mean, if I'm going to top three, I'm going to just mold all three of these guys. I'm going to be kind of a, kind of a fraud here. I'm putting, okay. I'm putting Doc Rivers, I'm putting Kenny Atkinson, and I'm putting Steve Clifford all in the same mold. Steve Clifford, what he did making your Orlando Magic a playoff go. team is nothing short of sensational. That team was not expected to be good at all. Uh, they made a couple trades during the season to tinker their roster a little bit, and um you know, the fact that they're the seven seed in the Eastern Conference is pretty remarkable. Obviously, he had success in those uh, years in Charlotte getting to the playoffs a couple times. So uh, I'm going to go with by far Budenholzer one and then a combination of Atkinson, Rivers, and uh, and Clifford in the two to three range. All right, so we already talked about Defensive Player of the Year. I think it's unanimous. It's honest. I don't know how I don't know how else you could how else you could gauge that. Absolutely. He can guard all five positions. He can block shots. He can get steals. He does everything. That's all you got to say about that. Giannis, For sure. DOP. All right. Next. D-O-Y. Huh? D-O-P-Y. Defensive player. D-P-O-Y. Right? Defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah, there it there is. There you go. <laughs> nice. All right. So let's move on to the second biggest conversation aside from the playoffs, and that is who is our MVP? I am sticking with Giannis. I don't know how you can't, but I'm going to go with Harden. Okay. it's and, and The guy averaged 36 points per game. I mean, there's only been four other guys, five other guys that did it. I think it's Wilt, MJ, Kobe, Harden, and I, I that's think that's it. it. I that's think that's it. it. Um, I mean, yeah, the case for him is he carried his team, but again, he was on that bat. He played on that team that was eight and whatever. Or, or eight oh, no, and, totally. 
Um, but he pulled that team out. He we can't name the second player on that team for about a quarter of the season. Right. I'll I'll defend my pick, but tell me tell me why Giannis? Because obviously it's not like the tough part about this conversation is we're because we're picking both we're picking different guys. Is it's going to sound like we're trying to make a case against the other, and you really can't. Both are so deserving of this award. Both? This is by far the best MVP race in recent memory. In the probably since at least 2010. Yeah. All right, so Giannis. Obviously, he's the best defensive player in the league. Better than Rudy Gobert, better than anybody. Not to mention, his his numbers are on par with Shaq's 2000 season. He's averaging 27 points. Um, I think, like, what is it? 10 rebounds, 8 rebounds, and, like, 6 assists. And he's averaging over a steal a game and over a block a game. Um, he's only playing 32 minutes a game. That's a credit to Coach Bud because he's really managed those minutes well. That's the one thing in the playoffs that they lose. I don't want to hear that they were tired because that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I just think Giannis is the best player in basketball. I actually got a chance to see him play against your Brooklyn Nets this year. It's a different animal. I mean, when the guy can go dribble the half court, get to the three-point line, and take two steps and be dunking on somebody at the rim, it's just incredible. His passing, and he got so much better. You can make a case for him as most improved player this year as well. I, he's just the best just player Just bring home league. all the hardware. I mean... He's. I don't know how many players have won Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same year, but I definitely think he's going to do it. Yeah, and, and truthfully, I mean, that team... The thing that puts me over the edge with him and Harden is they are a one seed. They have the best record in the league. If Giannis wasn't there, they'd be a lottery team. If you replace Giannis with his, with anyone, yeah, pretty much, aside from maybe Durant or, or Davis or a few others... They'd be a lottery team. He's oh, I wouldn't best. say Davis. I, I would definitely put Giannis ahead of Davis. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying they'd probably still make the playoffs. Yeah. No other player in the league would carry them to a one seed. No. And he's the best player in basketball right now. And he's going to be for years to come. He works really hard. I mean, his entire storyline of being basically homeless in Greece all the way up to now. Um, and I just think all that combined with the fact that the thing that puts him over the edge with Harden is the other side of the court he plays defense so that's why i have him as my mvp and like you said the thing is before you go into your argument about Harden, neither of us are wrong here no 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 no. we're not gonna it's not gonna be a revisionist history thing where oh tom was an idiot or oh sean was an idiot either of these guys could you can make a good case for them so go ahead and make your your Harden case. yeah 100 percent. i was just gonna say before was that team in milwaukee we saw what they were before Giannis became this and yeah, it's the Eastern conference and yeah, it's, you know, whatever, but they won 53 or 54 games. What was it? They were 54 games. I mean, they, they won in the 50. This was, this was one of the most in, incredible seasons for, for that organization. This was going back to the Luau Cinder days. So, um, they won 60 games, 60 Sean. games, Jesus. So obviously that's, that's a testament to Giannis. Now to go into, to go into Harden, we were talking about it all year. Now, I will say this as the, as the hardened defendant uh, in this argument. I don't love watching the guy play. His style of play is not the most fun for me to watch. It's not the most appealing. I respect the isolation and single talent that he possesses, but it's not the most fun thing to watch. But here's a guy on a team that for the majority of the season, his next best player was Austin Rivers, who they claimed off waivers by, from the Clippers. That team was an utter disaster. And not only did he make them a playoff team, he put them in the top four seed. 
which is in the Western Conference is nothing to sneeze at, especially when you're looking up and down the line of you've got your Warriors. I mean, that th- that three he hit at the buzzer against the Warriors at Oracle, um, you know, putting up how many straight games of 30-plus points was it? it? It was like 30-something. It, it's, it's something that we've hardly ever seen. His defense did clean up a bit. Now, I don't know what it's going to do heading into the postseason, but this is a regular season award. Without him, you could make a very good case that that Rocket team is a lottery team. So I'm, I'm going to have to give it to Harden. But again, regardless of whom you pick, this was... The, this was I, an all-time MVP year. This was an all-time MVP year, and this is one of the best clashes of guys in the league that we've seen because I can't recall an MVP argument, like you said, probably since, like, what, 2010, where you're arguing for both, but you're like, yeah, if the other one wins... There's absolutely nothing you can say. So, awesome year. Both put up historic seasons. And, obviously, the trajectory that Giannis is on right now is almost unprecedented. This is like 2008 LeBron. Absolutely. So, you have Harden. I have Giannis. Neither of us can be wrong. But we'll see who's actually right coming soon. What is it, like second round they announce it? Yeah, I think something like that. All right. And all I have to look forward to is the draft lottery. There you go. All right, so we're going to move on to our NBA playoff preview. and uh, The much-anticipated yep. NBA preview. All right, so let's start with the Eastern Conference here. Um, in my opinion, the less interesting conference. I think everybody can agree on that. For sure. All right, so our first matchup, the Detroit Pistons, number eight, against your number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is a four-game sweep, especially because Blake Griffin is a little banged up. Uh, the, the Pistons have not played well of late. And obviously the Bucs have played well all year. Giannis is my MVP. And I think that they get a four-game sweep and they can get their other guys, Malcolm Brogdon, and there are a few others healthy. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you. I don't even see how Detroit steals one game. I mean, usually in these eight ones that... No, Giannis is going to come out like a bat out of hell. Yeah, I mean, they're on a mission and they don't want to play a lot. I mean, they, they want to make sure that, these, that this is a stress-free round. They're going to take care of business, handle the Pistons, you know, early and often in these games. I don't know how much I'll even be watching of the series because I don't know how much of it's even going to be close. So definitely Milwaukee in a clean sweep. All right, moving on to number two, we have the Toronto Raptors against my Orlando Magic. The Tom Pacino trademarked. Shout out to them for making the playoffs. Great year, guys. Um, Love you, Steve Clifford. Yes, love you, Steve Clifford. Everybody doubted me. Sean laughed at me on the podcast. And I was right. Just go ahead and say it. Yeah, you were right. What do you want me to do? All right, all right. I got Toronto winning. Throw your parade? Like, come on. <laughs> I got Toronto winning in five. I think Orlando can take can take one of these games at home. Maybe they give Kawhi a light day, whatever, and they kind of figure it out. But this isn't going to be an interesting series by any means. Maybe Orlando snatches one up at home but because they come out fired up. They're at home, their first home playoff game since... I don't even... 20, 20, 2009, I think. Yeah, with, yeah. Dwight, with the Dwight Howard years, so... I think Toronto wins this one pretty easily in five games. I'm going to also go with you on that one, five games. I think Orlando steals game four. I think their backs are against the wall. I could see them being down 3-0. I think, just, they, I think they steal game three. Yeah, I think you could make one a case for either one. Yeah. I'm saying four just because, you know what? They're going to be down 0-3, elimination, win one quick game in Florida, go back up to Toronto, and then and then the, uh, the Raptors will wax them. All right, let's move on to some more interesting matchups. So next up, we have your 3-6 matchup. This, this is, is Sean's matchup right here. They're playing later today. They are, 2.30 today. As you today. said, at 
we have the number three seed Philadelphia 76ers against the number six seed Brooklyn Nets. I'm going Philly in six in this one. Uh, you and I are seeing eye to eye again, sir. That's why we're both smart guys, and we have this great podcast. We're brilliant. Yeah, I, I think the Nets and are website, good. sorrysports.com. Yeah, don't forget about that. Um, the Nets are a team. I mean, these two teams are very familiar with each other. Obviously, they both match being, up well. Yeah, the Nets. You know, what the Nets have that the Sixers struggle with a lot is obviously really good guard play, particularly smaller guards. I mean, D'Angelo Russell can give them a lot of fits. The way Levert's playing has been a lot better. I mean, Joe Harris, the guy's a three-point marksman, led the league in three-point shooting this year. But to me, what this series is going to come down to are two things, and neither of them are on the Brooklyn side. Okay, is Embiid playing? He's doubtful for game one which means that if he's not playing in game one, he could also be out game two. The Nets take one of these games in Philly. I think that then you can start being excited. The other thing to me, and you know, just as important, I think, as the Embiid situation is how is Ben Simmons shooting? Because if Ben Simmons... Not shooting? If, if, well, what I mean by that is, is he even... Can he even go, you know, four of... Four of nine shooting from inside the free throw line. Like just, just make it, you know, somewhat, somewhat of a threat. Because if he can open up that floor just a little bit, then the Nets to me are in huge trouble. Because the Nets don't have a guard that can body that can body Simmons, and they're gonna have you're gonna see a lot of Rondé Hollis Jefferson, which hurts them on the offensive side of the ball because he has to play a lot more than you would ideally like to see if you're a Nets fan. The other thing too is Jimmy Butler, the Nets killer who has already beaten them a couple times on buzzer beaters. Yep. He's going to be getting the ball in the last minutes of the game, I and I don't say, know how the Nets are stopping I him. I was going to say, I think this is Jimmy Butler where he's going to make his money next year with a max contract. Pot- potentially in Brooklyn. I, I hope not for you, but I, I don't know who's going to give it to him. Maybe Lakers, maybe Brooklyn, maybe Knicks, unfortunately. This is where he's going to make his money. Well, I'm not going to shit gonna, on him yet. I'm, to me, with Jimmy Butler, it's all circumstance. I mean, we'll project that later when we talk about free agents, you know, as the, as the offseason begins. I just begins. think that this is the series where he's going to make his money. Embiid may be out, I don't know, the first three games of the series. And I think Jimmy Butler says, Simmons, do what you got to do. Play good defense and set me up. But I'll put the team on my back. And I think Tobias Harris gets a lot of open shots as well. Yeah, Tobias Harris is, is a matchup nightmare for the That's why I say six. Because I think Jared Allen in the middle without having to worry about Embiid for two games is going to have a block party. Yep. Um, and maybe the Nets steal one of the first two games in Philly. If they do, then we can talk about a series because the Nets are a really good home team. If they lose both games, I think it's five games. Five game, five games. Yeah, I, I, I agree. The other thing I'm looking forward to in this series is I want to see the coaching. I mean, Brett Brown, you know, for, for all the love for the Sixers, remember that team hasn't played together. This starting five has not played a lot together. No. And I want to They've see what Brett... played 20 games. Ago. I want to see what maybe. Brett Brown does coaching this group and I want to see what Kenny Atkinson I think Kenny Atkinson is probably the better coach just with less talent head and shoulders so I want to see just kind of that back and forth and that chess match between those two coaches I think what this is going to do for the two teams is this I think the Sixers are going to get that early wake-up call they're not going to be able to coast to a first round series win like we're going to see a lot of the other top two uh like we're going to see the Raptors and the and the Bucks do but I think for the Nets is this entire series is about showing the national audience who hasn't watched them all year 
what Brooklyn basketball has been, which is sharing the ball, great teamwork, smart coaching, and D'Angelo Russell gets his first chance at the limelight. And that's going to, we see all these players, you know, probably a lot of these soon to be free agents don't know where they're going to go yet. They might have an idea, but they don't know. This is the Nets opportunity to say, look at what we've built. Look at what we're doing. If they can push it to six or dare I say even seven, I think they did their job, but I'm going to agree with you Philly and six. All right. So let's move on to the final first round matchup. I think this one's going to be better than people think. I this is the number four seed Boston Celtics against the number five seed Indiana Pacers. The Victor Oladipo lists Pacers, but they had a weak schedule to finish off the season, and they stuck around in the top five. I'm going to take Boston in six in this one as well. Um, I just think Boston gets their shit together, but not to the point where they can sweep. I think that Indiana is a basketball crazy city, and Indiana probably takes two at home. Yep. Um, and I think that Boston's going in six. I think Gordon Hayward starts to show signs of himself coming back, although I've been saying that all year, haven't I? Yes, you have. Um, and I think Stevens is just a better coach, and I think they figure out some of the rotational issues because when you are playing in the playoffs, the rotation kind of shrinks down. Get Morris out of there. He hasn't been good since the first 25 games. Um, give Brown and Tatum all of his minutes. I don't want to see him at all unless you're blowing the team out in the end of the game or if you need to foul. That's it. Or maybe there's a fight because he's good for that. But I think that Stevens figures it out. They get it in Marcus six. Marcus Smart out for the series too. That might, honestly, I hate to say it, but that might be a good thing. One less player that you have to feed minutes to. Okay. Rogier will play a little bit more. Um, and I think Boston takes it in six, and that's just because of the playoff intensity in Indiana, and they still haven't f- fully rounded into form. What do you think? I'm going to say Boston in seven. Okay. I think this is going to go the distance. I don't really have a lot of reasoning for this, and what I mean by that is when you look at matchups, like who's the best player in this series? Kyrie Irving. Who's the second best? Tatum. Who's the third best? Probably Brown, right, or Hayward when he's good. It probably takes like four or five or maybe even six players till you get to the best player on Indiana's roster, which is Ooh. probably Bojan Bogdanovic or Miles Turner. And then the rest is, you know, okay, whichever one you don't take first from Indiana, and then the rest are all Celtics. So this should be a very easy series. But as we've seen all year in the NBA, chemistry matters. This Celtics team has just been weird. They've been underwhelming and weird. And I don't know if they lose a close game. If you start to see, you know, some chippiness in the locker room or the guys going at it on the bench or whatever, or Kyrie gets, you know, again, one of his moods where it's where it's almost crippling. I think Boston survives the series. The other thing, too, I mean, I know Oladipo's not playing, but remember last year, Indiana pushed the Cleveland Cavaliers to seven in the first round last year. So, like you said, they're a basketball crazy city. A team does have some talent. They're well coached. They play well. Uh, under Nate McMillan, I'm going to say this goes seven just for fun. I think this series is going to be closer than people believe. The more you it talk about be, it, shouldn't be, but I think it will. The be. more you talk about it, and with the playoff intensity being ratcheted up, and guys that have been there before, I'm actually going to change my prediction to Boston in five. Okay, I think that they're going to get their shit figured out. I was wondering if you were going to agree with me, but you went the other way. No, I actually went the complete opposite way. But nonetheless, we both have the Celtics moving on to the second round. So let's move on to that second round of the playoffs. We have the number two seed Toronto Raptors playing the number three seed Philadelphia 76ers. This one's tough for me, but I just think that Kawhi playing every single game and getting the optimal rest that he needs and that supporting cast of Toronto coupled with a better head coach, 
I think that Toronto is going to take this one in seven. This one's tough for me as well. I'm going to cop out a little bit and say that obviously it's contingent upon how healthy Embiid is. But I'm going to go with Toronto in six um, simply because I think they're just the better team. Something's not totally right in Philly. I like the supporting cast of Toronto a little bit more than I like the supporting cast in Philly. I just think Lowry's going to have a big series in this one with I Simmons guarding him. I think Van Fleet, him. too. I think Van Fleet is a guy that, the the obviously, the, we just talked about how the Sixers struggle with small guards and, and Russell might hurt them with the Nets. I think Van Fleet could run circles around them. And not to mention that you have a guy like Marc Gasol who can pull a Joel Embiid away from the basket where he's probably a top two center. Not to mention he's not afraid of Embiid in the slightest. No, not at all. And he's also a really good passer out of the post. they got a lot of shooters out there. And, again, Kawhi, when he's healthy, is a top, what, five player in the NBA? Oh, for sure. Offensively and defensively. For sure. I've got Siakam. Yeah, absolutely. Siakam's deep. That team is deep. Um, I think that they're going to take it in... You know what? Yeah, you convinced me on this one. I think they're actually going to take it in six. I just think that Simmons' um, his defects or whatever you want to call them, his his flaws are really going to be shown in this series, the yep. fact that he can't shoot and whatever. And I just think that the, the Toronto lineup and the deepness of it is going to be too much, especially with Kawhi being able to have those optimal days off. And I think that they're going to take it in six. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's the way it's going to go. All right. How let's about, move on to the 1-4. Let's do it. Big-time right. matchup here. Boston-Milwaukee. Where you like? Milwaukee. Yeah. I got Milwaukee in five. Oh, wow. Five, maybe six. You're disrespecting one of your sports fathers. Yeah, we're going to have to – we'll talk during maybe a 4th of July party or have to have a couple of conversations with them like, you know. What the I'm, fuck are you doing? Right. I think I got to get all three of my sports fathers in a room. I got to talk to Cash, too, because the Yankees suck right now. They're not good. No. Uh, I mean, I can't. Re- you can't really be mad at Cash. We'll talk about that on the Monday rundown, but they're banged up pretty bad. Um, pretty bad. I. Um, it's a mash unit. I just think that you got the best player on the floor, the MVP. Yep. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, and this Again, I wouldn't disagree with that. Brogdon's, yeah, the Brogdon's going to be back. And I think that this team's playing well together and the Celtics aren't. And I don't think talent's going to out-duel them this time. I think Giannis is going to will them through it, and they're going to win in five. You know what's weird about the Celtics to me is I just made a case about how the Pacers are going to push them because I think the Pacers are going to be kind of overlooked. And those are historically, I mean, even on that 08 team, that that, the the big three-year Remember when Atlanta pushed them to seven in the first round? And, like, I think every series they played in was a be- went the distance in that. And it was like, how? You guys are so much better than literally everybody else you're playing. I'm going to use my reasoning for why I think that they're going to go the distance with the Pacers and just shift it around because the further they go into the playoffs, the harder they get to play. And I think if they escape that first round against a feisty Indiana team – they're going to go up against Milwaukee and they're not going to be afraid. Yes, they're still going to have those issues and those issues are going to be permeating throughout that team for as long as they continue to play into the postseason. But they also have so much talent and if they get to that second round and that intensity is ratcheted up even just a little bit more and they have an opportunity to dethrone the number one seed, I think that they're going to relish that opportunity and especially with Stevens, I do think 
that that will be a coaching clinic for anybody that likes basketball to see Brad Stevens and Budenholzer going at it. So you got. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Milwaukee in seven. Okay, I'm gonna go Milwaukee in six just to set it in stone. Uh, so we're moving on to the conference finals. Uh, we have the Toronto Raptors. We're in agreement here. We usually are in the NBA. Toronto Raptors, the one seed against the two. Se- sorry, the, the two seed against Milwaukee, the one. Yeah. Yes. So. What do we think? Who's going to the NBA Finals here, Sean? I picked it when we did our pod with Mike at Iona. I'm sticking with the Toronto Raptors. Um, I don't know. I think that this is not going to do have anything to do, so please, people, don't mention it like this is a Kawhi thing. It's not. I don't think it matters what the hell the Raptors do. Kawhi is gone. But I think that he wants to win desperately. That load management all year or rest or whatever you want to call it. Just enjoying himself. Maybe not leaving the hotel room in those freezing Toronto nights. Whatever. He's here to play and he's here to play great. Lowry knows this is probably his last shot at a championship because he's been battling through injuries all year. And he's he's just a guy with all this postseason experience. He's got the moxie, man. He knows how to take big shots. The Bucs are going to be here for a long time. I don't think the Raptors are. I think this is their last run, and that's why they got Kawhi, because okay. he was the missing piece. I want to see Kawhi get a little bit of redemption for kind of having this label of a quitter, and which he's put on himself. But people forget how dynamic, and he was the best player on that San Antonio team that beat the, Lake, uh, beat the uh, Heat in 2014. So as a result, I'm going to roll with the Toronto Raptors to represent the Eastern Conference this year. All right, and as you roll with the pick that you made on Mike's podcast, right around the All-Star break, I'm going to do the same thing, and I'm going to take the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo to move on. They should be at that point fully healthy, and I just think that they're playing too well. They got the best player on the floor by far. That's how good Giannis is. No, I, I mean, is by far. Yeah, it's crazy. Which to is say. weird because we just talked about Kawhi being a top five player in this league when he's right. I think the one and two far outweigh the rest of the league here. Yeah. Um. But I just got I got Toronto. I excuse me. I got Milwaukee. How many games you got it going? I got it going seven. Yeah, strong. I could see this being a classic. And I think Giannis has an incredible game seven. Triple double, probably thirty two. Feeding off that home crowd. Thirty two, twelve, and eleven. Yeah, I think like I think them having home court is big because Absolutely. the Raptors are really tough to beat at home. All right, so that's our Eastern Conference. You have the Toronto Raptors moving on to the NBA Finals, and I have the Milwaukee Bucks advancing to the NBA Finals. Very cool. Let's move on to the Western Conference. The more fun conference. Yes, this one uh, we're probably going to spend maybe a little more time on. I'm not got, really we've, sure. We've got the 1-8 here, Golden State and Clippers. Now, I think this series is going to be a lot of fun. I don't think it's going to be very competitive. I don't think it's going to be very long. No, no. I, I mean, I, I, I think the Clippers get one at Staples in I Game 3 sweep. or something. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard to argue that. But yeah, who cares? Yeah, but I think I think it's going to be fun because, again, like I mentioned with the Nets, right? Now, the Nets have a more favorable matchup because they're the sixth seed, not the eighth seed. I don't think the Nets would have would look nearly as appealing if they had to go up against Milwaukee in round one. But yes, yes, the, sir. the Clippers are going up against the juggernaut that is the Golden State Warriors. But I think this is fun for them. I think nobody expected them to be here. They basically tried not to be there. You're going to have Bomber going crazy. The Staples Center is going to sell out, with, especially with the Lakers down. And I think especially because they believe that they're going to be in the Durant sweepstakes, you know, short trip up the – or down the coast, rather, for the uh, for the Warriors into a Game 3 in Staples Center and get, get a little taste of that environment and what it could be like next year as they will be the number one team in, in L.A., I believe. 
and um, you know just have a little fun with it. But I don't think as far as scores are concerned, it's going to be that close. Maybe the Clippers steal game three. I don't know. I think they're all going to be fun. I think the Clippers will play well. There's just not enough talent there for this series to be close. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I will say, and this is kind of off topic, but it's pretty funny because you know everybody was saying this: the Clippers' window to steal LA per se was over when CP3 left and DeAndre left and Blake left. I think they have a whole new window now. Oh, the by, show and, that the and, Lakers and I think I could argue it, it's better. It's opportunity, better. Yeah. yeah. With this young talent, Jerry West running the show and, and Doc Rivers. Well, there's a lot more stability. Remember when that team came to fruition, Vinny Del Negro was the head coach. Yep, absolutely. So I have, them, I have the Golden State Warriors in one seed sweeping. You have it going five. I mean, we're not going to argue way. about that. No. All right, so then now we have the two-seven matchup. This is a freaking fun one. The number two Denver Nuggets against the number seven San Antonio Spurs. I have this one going six. Okay. How do you feel? And seven. I have Denver winning. Excuse me. Seven. You have Denver in seven. I have Denver in seven. I thought you were going to say San Antonio. I was. I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. This one is just the infrastructure versus the new young team. I think that. Um, you're going to have a lot of contributors from Denver. I think one day Gary Harris can get hot. One day Jamal Murray can get hot. Um, one day Will Barton can get hot. That team is really deep, but it all runs through the big man, Jokic. Yeah, Joker. I, I, don't think, I don't think Jokic is going to have any problem getting his, but I think Aldridge is going to be a major issue for the, for the Nuggets to deal with. And people are forgetting about DeRozan. I was just going to say that here's a guy that's played really, you know, he's had his questions in the playoffs, especially matching with, with Lowry there in Toronto, because he's a guy who just doesn't shoot the three. And in the playoffs, sometimes you need your best player to be a scoring threat from the outside, but in Popovich's offense, he doesn't need to be. You also have good role players there. I mean, obviously you got a Rudy Gay who, who's been there, done that. I think this series is going to be really fun. And I was so tempted to go with the Spurs because it's pop. It's the Spurs. I mean, there's questions on this Denver team for me, but I do think that they're good enough to win out. But I think this series, again, this is going to be, of all the series, excuse me, I think this one is the one that could probably be the most entertaining. Okay, so we, you have the Nuggets in seven. I have the Nuggets in six. Let's move on to, in my opinion, what is the most interesting matchup, and that is the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder got a little hot at the end. They moved up from eight to six. I think that's a big deal for them. Oh, it's huge. Because I think they're going to win this. I do too. I think that I'm going to take the Oklahoma City Thunder in six games. Me too. I think Dame Lillard's going to get his, but he's got a tough matchup with Westbrook, who's a lot stronger. And we know the guy has the best motor of probably anybody ever in the yep. NBA. Um, Paul George looks a little bit healthier with that shoulder. He's made a couple big shots recently. And not having a big man in the middle, Steven Adams is going to be able to do pretty much what he wants. Yeah, I think Cantor is actually going to – I think he could cause a little bit of issues for them. But He's terrible on the defensive end, though. Yeah, so I'm talking gonna, on the rebounding. They're going to put him – Westbrook and Adams are going to put him in the blender on the pick and roll. It's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. Yeah, just to I'm, watch him get spun around. I think this times. series would be so much more compelling if Nurkic was healthy. But mm-hmm. these two teams, and we are, haven't heard of McCollum like all season, and I know he's been hurt of recent, but he took a huge step back. Yeah, he said, hey, "Don't worry, I'm ready to go." Well, you've missed the last like twenty something games. Like, I'm not expecting you to just jump in and be, you know, a first, a first or second team All NBA or like that. So, like, he's very confident in himself, but. 
these two teams are the antithesis of each other, and I love it. Like for me, and we said it last year, Portland is a team that's built for the regular season. So I don't really pay that much attention to their seeding. I think they're a team that just can feast off of lesser competition. On the other side, I think the Thunder are a team that's built for the postseason. I don't think they're a regular season team. I think that they struggle in the regular season because there are certain matchups that don't favor them and they don't have a lot as far as rotation is concerned. But in the postseason, as that rotation starts to dwindle a little bit to six or seven guys, this is where they make their hay. And I like the I like the Thunder a lot. And they're driven high motor in Westbrook. If George just continues to get a little bit more healthy, you've got Steven Adams clogging up the middle without Nurkic. And I could see this one being five, but I'm going to say six. All right, so we're in agreement there. The Oklahoma City Thunder moving on to the second round. Now we're going to go with the 4-5 matchup. The Houston Rockets number four against the number five Utah Jazz. Utah had a pretty good season following their 500 start. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Houston Rockets in five. Okay. I'm giving them. I'm giving the the uh, Utah Jazz one game. I just think uh, Donovan Mitchell's been a great closer this year. There's really nobody else on the offense that can handle the ball and set people up. Gobert's fun, but when you get, when you switch Gobert into a pick and roll against James Harden, that's not going to be too fun for him. No, I'm going to say Houston in six. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're, we're pretty much on the same page there. Yep. That's your MVP. Yeah, I mean, if you had your MVP lose him in the first round, I'd kind of raise an eyebrow at you. Yeah, well, and right, although it is so, hard in the playoffs, I was quite, I was, I was wondering if I wanted to go six or seven, and I just think it's going to be six. I think seven's a little too, too little too far because I just, eh, you know, this Utah team is dangerous, and this Utah team has talent, and they've been good all year. But again, they're going up against, in my opinion, the MVP of the league. Chris Paul's back to healthy. Chris Paul still scares me in the playoffs. He's been very underwhelming to me and, and has not done the job. But this is the first round. This isn't the conference finals. Um, and I think that there's enough talent there and enough history there with those guys that they're, they'll up, they'll they'll take care of the uh, upstart um, jazz. All right. So let's move on to our second round of the playoffs. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder at the sixth seed against the number two seed, Denver Nuggets. What do you think, buddy? Oklahoma City. Absolutely, I'm on the same Six page games. as you here. They got more talent. I think that again, Adams, they're built for the postseason, and Adams can give Jokic as hard of a time as anybody, as any center in the league. And I think Westbrook and Paul George are really going to play well together in the playoffs. Not to mention, you got Schroeder, you got a couple shooters off the bench, and I really like Grant. I think that Oklahoma City gets this one in six games. Yeah, that's How what I'm going. Feel? Yeah, I'm going with that. I'm going with that six game pick too. So we have the number six seed Oklahoma City Thunder moving on to the conference finals. Can you believe it? I can. And, I can too. And, and you know why? Because obviously this is contingent upon health. I mentioned that with the Sixers. If George has a setback or that shoulder's really barking, then you know what? They're not going to go as far. But you know what, man? This team is built for the playoffs. I mean, look up and down. They don't have to play that many guys. They're built on toughness. George was an MVP candidate for the first, what, couple months of the season. He was obviously a distant third between or behind Giannis and Harden, but he was playing at that kind of level. He wasn't even that distant. I mean, I had him ranked right up there with Harden at one time. He was playing so well, but then obviously he got hurt and kind of fell off. Yeah, but I I think that you know you and I are in agreement there that this this Thunder team is is not fun to play, and Denver to me is just not ready yet. Westbrook is never fun to play. No, ever. It just matters if he's got his head screwed on straight. Yep. That's all. 
All right, so let's move on to probably the most interesting matchup of the playoffs we've had so far. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's true. For sure. The number one Golden State Warriors against the number four Houston Rockets. I have the Houston Rockets winning you this are in crazy. seven games. You are crazy. Let me make, let me make the case for this yes. right now. Houston Rockets are healthy, okay? Mm-hmm. They got CP3 back. They got Capella back. They got Eric Gordon back. Mm-hmm. And they have your MVP and James Harden. Mm-hmm. The most important thing of all of this is that they're playing the Golden State Warriors in round two instead of round three, which gives Chris Paul the ability to be healthy. I think if this was a round three series, maybe Chris Paul gets a hamstring, an ankle, something starts barking. I think that the Houston Rockets, James Harden goes off. There's can we nobody please that stop can talking about how Chris Paul is like this huge, huge difference maker in the playoffs? I don't think he's he a doesn't huge... even play that well when he's healthy. I don't think he's a huge difference maker, but I think he's going to make. I think the I think they would have blown that series last year anyway, regardless of whether he was healthy or not. They last year was their all year, he's done is think, choke. I think Houston this year figures out a way and they honestly I think it's set up perfectly that they won the four seed for them to get to the conference finals and then go on to the NBA finals because of the fact that they don't have to play the Golden State Warriors in the conference finals they can play them in round two they're going to be healthier they're going to be able to rest they're not going to have to do that much against Utah they're going to be ready to go and I think James Harden gets the monkey off his back this year and they move on against the Golden State Warriors I think Katie's got one foot out the door I think maybe that that maybe when the lights shine brightest that Draymond KD drama when it matters. matters. I mean, listen, it's mattered before. It's mattered with LeBron. Has it not? LeBron taking the jersey off in Boston before he went on to Miami. Different kind of guys, different circumstances. This team has already won a couple of championships. I think when we talked about our storylines from the season, I thought that that was probably the best case scenario because it happened early. They understand the situation that's at hand. And if Durant leaves, there's not going to be any ill feelings. Because in their opinion, he's already gone. So, so, so what do you have? What do you have? Golden State winning in six. Okay, six. Be- because the, listen, they're the better team, and Houston to me is. I don't care about Chris Paul nearly as much as other people do. And listen, I understand statistically he's one of the top point guards of all time. That's fine. He's the point god. Okay, great. The point god has been anything but in the postseason. Okay, he's come up short way too often for my liking, whether it be because of injury or just not being productive in big moments. Harden has to wear down at some point. The style in which he plays, the low that he had to put on his back this year, just getting them here. These teams are very familiar with each other, so there's not really any secrets. Yeah, the the Rockets will steal one or two. I could see Harden having a game where he has like 57. I'm like, but you know what? I don't care about the drama. I don't think there even is any more with the with the Warriors. You know, Boogie wants a championship really bad. That's why he went there. KD would love to cement his legacy. You know, spend his three years in Golden State winning every year. Curry has legacy to work on for himself too. You know, this is going to be what his fifth if he wins. Fourth. Fourth. So that's you know the question with Clay too. Like I think this team is just again. I'm not saying it to as a cop-out or just to be lazy. This team is tremendous, uh, and it really is. And the Rockets just don't measure up. And we haven't seen D'Antoni get it done as a coach in the postseason either. I mean, everybody's Everybody, in my opinion, is getting that monkey off their back this year. Well, listen, if not now, when? Exactly. Because even, even if the Warriors break up, you're going to have another year older of Chris Paul, uh, Harden more miles on him, 
How are they getting a supporting cast that's ready to be the number one team in the West? This is their chance to dethrone the uh, the Golden State Warriors. I just don't see it happening. I think they're good enough to get two games for sure. This isn't going to be a clean sweep or even five, but the Warriors will take care of business. All right, so let's move on to our conference finals. I knew you were going to do that, and I knew you were going to shit on me, but if I'm right, I'm right. And you I'm are. Listen, sure. if you're right, I will come on this podcast, and I will do nothing but for the first five, ten minutes, however long you want, just saying how brilliant you are and how smart you are. And you don't Thank have you. to do that for me because I, the Warriors are the popular pick. I wouldn't. Just but I'll, I certainly will dig at you, though. All right, fine. All right, so we got a conference finals. I have the Houston Rockets against the Oklahoma City Thunder. You have the Golden State Warriors against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, yeah. I have the Houston Rockets moving on to the NBA Finals you have to again at this point. in six games. There's no way you're going to pick the Thunder to win that series. No, no. And I'm guessing you have the Golden State Warriors in, let me guess the games, five. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I know you too well. This one isn't really that interesting. I don't even think we really have to talk about the series. Just the seeding kind of made the Oklahoma City Thunder get here. Nothing else aside from that. No, but it's going to be fun. I mean, be fun. I, you know how I see this series? I see this series being one of those situations where, kind of like what I talked about, that 8-1 matchup with the Clippers and the Warriors. I think that all these games are going to be really fun and compelling, and obviously you're going to have the back and forth. Of There's just not going to be that many of them. Durant and Westbrook. <laughs> exactly. I just think I could see it like every game's close. Like, but the Warriors win by seven or eight every game. All right. So let's move on. So the conferences have been finished. You have the Golden State Warriors winning the Western Conference and the Toronto Raptors winning the Eastern Conference to Correct. meet up in the finals. Correct. Wow, we have a completely different finals this year. Isn't I it? have cool. the Houston Rockets winning the Western Conference and the Milwaukee Bucks winning the Eastern Conference moving on to the NBA Finals. Let's talk finals here. Who do you have winning your NBA finals? Give me the amount of games. The Golden State Warriors, and they're going to win it in six. Golden State Warriors in five. Okay. All okay. right. Quick I don't one. think. Quick one. Yeah. I, I don't think that the. You just want to get on to free agency. <laughs> well, that obviously. Um, because at that point, the Yankees will probably have the entire team hurt. So True. I'll be waiting to see who the Nets scoop up and looking forward to minicamp for the Giants. Um, No, I think truthfully. The Raptors just don't won't be able to hang for for too long. I, I think that yeah they have talent. Obviously Kawhi is great, but the Warriors are on a mission, man. This is going to complete because I think we're in full agreement that Durant is gone and maybe Clay too. I don't know, but Boogie for sure. So not that Boogie's been there that long, but you get what I'm saying that the the band's gonna be broken up. Regardless, we're gonna see the, them put the cap on. The are one of the best dynasties, many dynasties that we've seen in a long time. I mean, this is right up there with those late '90s, early 2000s Lakers. This is right up there with the Celtics and the Lakers of the '80s, the Bulls of the '90s. I mean, this is this is history in the making. And I mean, they've done it before Durant got there. I think as long as Curry's there and healthy, they'll continue to do it without. Maybe not perennial champions, but they'll they'll be in the conversation for sure. But this team, regardless of what happens afterwards, is here to win the championship. They're not going to be denied. The Raptors just do not have what it takes to beat them. And I'm going to say Golden State in five and uh, look forward to the Golden State Warriors winning again. All right. I am going to take— Last year at Oracle. 
Very true. That, that that's another storyline. God damn it! I didn't think of all the storylines that they. Could There's have. like a million, dude. Yeah, they got you know OKC playing them, KD playing his old team in the conference finals. Fuck. Oh well, I'm gonna go with what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna take the Houston Rockets I knew it. in seven games. So you got a classic between them and the Bucks, huh? Well, we're taking the two best players in the league. The MVP two MVP matchups can be decided into the last day of the year. Huh? Absolutely, and I think that the I think that. Honestly, man, Chris Paul plays big in the postseason. I think Harden plays big in the postseason. I think D'Antoni does a good job this postseason. Well, you said all the monkeys are getting off the backs, right? Exactly, and I think that's going to be the theme of the playoffs, and I think the Houston Rockets win in seven this year. Okay. And that's pretty much it. That's the NBA season. Hey, listen, if that's the case, I'm, I'm all in because the I would love to see – a really great finals although, again. Although you hate watching James Harden play 48 minutes. No, no. What I'm but. what I'm saying is is if because uh, well, I mean let's be honest, the last two years the finals have been horrible. I mean yeah. the the Cavs obviously just were not anywhere close to the Warriors. I mean what was it five two years ago and four this year this or last year rather. Yep. So I would be fine with watching a compelling series. I don't think it's going to be the Rockets, but I think it's definitely. Gonna, I think I, no ho- matter, I hope whoever plays it goes seven. No matter who you have, it's not going to be a sweep. No, 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 no. And I think there's more parity because both the Raptors and the Bucks are markedly better than what the Cavs have been the last couple of years. I mean, they Definitely. don't have a LeBron, but in this year's case, Giannis is, dare I say, better than what LeBron was the last two years. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, doesn't have the LeBron playoff gene. You know, I mean, LeBron I going that. into Boston last year with that team winning a game that. seven. But hey, listen, if he's going to get there, what better time to start than now, right? And his MVP, probably MVP year. Absolutely. So that about wraps up the playoff pod. You have the Golden State Warriors winning the NBA finals of 2019. And I have the Houston, Houston Rockets. Rockets winning the 2018-2019 NBA finals. So we'll be back, I believe, on Monday with the Monday Rundown. Yes, sir. Sean's probably going to get his fingers going again, read a couple more articles. I'm giving you some assignments. Well, there's a lot. You're not giving me anything. There's a lot of... A couple more assignments coming your way. I'm going to send you out to Yankees AAA to see who the fuck they're going to bring up now. (laughs) Jesus Christ. There's a lot of content to be had, man. Um, Obviously, um, don't forget, we've got... uh, Frenchie's coming on the pod in a couple in a, about a week. Just a um, reminder, I'm doing another podcast this week with the Justin oh, that's the right. Suffering Pod to do another NBA playoff preview. When are you going on that? Do you know yet? I believe it's Tuesday okay. after five o'clock, so that ought to be up Tuesday night to Wednesday morning. I'll tweet it out as well. So at Sorry Sports on the Twitter on the Twitter the old Twitter there yeah the old Twitter so that uh, I mean I'm probably going to echo the same things that I say on this one I'm going to have Houston winning are you going to mention anything about that I have yeah, to say yeah, or are you going to are you going to are you going to just say no Sean's just we don't care about him no 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 I'm not I mean I'm not going to go through the whole bracket which we will attempt to post on sorrysports.com as well both our brackets so you can follow along but I'll, I'll probably say your finals matchup and your eventual champion. That's nice of you to include me. I'm a good guy. Um, well, yeah, that's you definitely work, you work for me. I try and I try and support <laughs> my my employees. Wow, I feel so honored. But yeah, so um, Frenchie's going to come on the pod talk about his NFL uh, mock drafts and and the five players at each position. He's going to start. Um, Sending those in, he he's been working on those, so those are going to go be going on the website, sorrysports.com, soon as well. It'll be here before you know it. The draft, uh, yeah, at this point in two weeks, uh, we'll be into rounds four through seven. So, wow. um, obviously a lot of content there. Baseball's in full swing, no pun intended. The Yankees are obviously it's a mash unit. Um, we'll see how long that goes. NBA Absolutely. playoffs are going to be going. The NHL playoffs, I know we're not really an NHL pod. 
but I think we can both agree that the NHL playoffs are a lot of fun. The Islanders, if you're local, uh, New York in the New York area, the Islanders are up 2-0 on Pittsburgh. The Masters is this weekend, so we got to talk about that. Tigers Absolutely. in the hunt, Kepka's in the lead um, at the at Augusta. So there's a lot going on in the sports Roy calendar really right fell now. Out, so. Yeah, so everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be back to talk to you guys on Monday with a little Monday rundown. Enjoy the NBA and the NHL playoffs start and enjoy the Masters and just enjoy this weather. That's right. Enjoy. Have a good one.